1: At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Well met, fellow adventurers. Now I that i have restoration to level seventy. There's a quest a quest that I can now do properly because of that course, I'm not going to reveal what it is, but the first thing I've got to do is visit Wormit's Farm. Or Wormit's Farm. Wormit's Farm, on the outskirts of Horklore, appears at first glance to be little more than a dilapidated barn and a few run-down wooden buildings. The wide pastures that border the road as it approaches the farm from the south are overgrown and unused. But Farmer Wunwit, a man who seems to be the centre of an endless collection of colourful stories floating around Hawklaw, no longer breeds and raises the horses that roamed his many fields. Now, in the later years of his life, retired from the strain of a lifetime of toil, he is taken to growing what is widely considered to be the largest pumpkin patch in the kingdom! There doesn't appear to be any around, but off to the east, just behind a crumbling stone wall, you can make out the deep green and orange of Wumwit's famed pumpkin field. You've recently heard tell of a massive pumpkin beast that is appearing in Farmer Wumwit's prize patch. You've also heard that it's taken the combined efforts of some of Swift's greatest adventurers to defeat this strange and sinister menace. At present, however, all seems peaceful on the farm. Okay, so if I, head, I guess I'll head over to the pumpkin fast first. You're standing at the edge of one of Farmer-, Farmer Wormit's larger pumpkin patches. The fight is on. A fierce battle rages in the middle of the patch, where some of Swift's bravest adventurers are pitting a desperate battle. Against a fearsome, massive, pumpkin creature, nearly 20 feet tall and equally wide, the wound-hound orange fruit. Are pumpkins a fruit or are they a vegetable? Mm, I guess they're fruits. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe you could tell me in the comments. Stretches wide its carved, fang-filled mouth and walls, revealing the bright yellow glow of the fire that rages within its hollowed core. The long green vines surround this magical abomination, wreathe about dangerously, seeking to snare and throttle anyone bold enough to join the fight. The fightful menace of unknown origin must be defeated at any cost. Based on your own keen observations, and those of farm Robot, who cowers behind the gathered adventurers, the fearsome creature is relatively unstaved. So this works like like all the other multiplayer battles, because that's what it is, where everyone, where a whole bunch of adventurers can just wail on it for a bit. Then they have to flee, they do damage, and the damage from everyone is piled up. And once once the total damage is enough, the thing is defeated. And everyone gets some reward, but the people who are at the end, or the people get get a special award, and the people who did the most get more experience. I guess, I'm, I guess just for once, I'm going to move forward and attack the pumpkin beast. So some people have been here recently, either fighting this pumpkin, or the previous one, or the one before that, because these things regularly come back every day, two to seven or so hours and since that and since, uh, and since pi- this, these things these things have been running for years now so there's not quite as much interest in doing them as there previously was. So often these pumpkin these multiplier battles will just hang around for hours on end. Move forward and attack the pumpkin beast. The fearsome pumpkin beast spins to face you as you draw to within melee range. The massive orb of orange terror stretches wide its flaming mouth and unleashes a deafening bellow that leaves your ears ringing. You boldly hold your ground as the pumpkin creature's lengthy vines weave about wildly, with your heart pounding. You prepare to engage this frightful specimen of overgrown fruit. It's currently relatively unscathed, which means it has near-complete health. Fighting a massive pumpkin beast. Yeah, it's completely health. The fearsome pumpkin beast lashes out at you with its tangled fangs. The fearsome pumpkin, the pumpkin beast, wars and snaps at you with its powerful flame-filled jaws. The fearsome pumpkin beast savagely closes its powerful gaping jaws on you, that's for 27 damage. The the massive punching creature rolls forward and attempts to crunch you. To crush you. The pumpkin beast wraps one of its vines around your throat and throttles you. You manage to break three from the vine's straggling grasp, but it still does 13 damage. You spring your mace at the enemy. It's 24 damage. Faced with another immediate threat, your vet, your enemy momentarily ignores you. The and beast Wars as it snaps at you with its powerful flame-filled jaws. Snaps again. It ignores you. Snaps. Ignores. Tries to wall over me. Yeah, it's... Yeah, that's just how it goes. Wraps the vines around me for 9 damage. Okay, this has, like all the multiplayer battles, it has around about 10,000 or so health. So you cannot defeat it in one round. It tries to photo me again. Oh, and, and now I've taken enough damage that I'm going to run away. You can't be unable to attack this round because you are fleeing. Faced with another immediate threat, your enemy momentarily ignores you. That's 485 damage, and now I'm just going to leave it be. You'll clear of the pumpkin beast's latest attack and stagger backwards, moving yourself out of melee range. Keeping one eye on the dangerous, overgrown orange fruit, you'll make your way back to the edge of the patch. Now, I move away. Actually, while you could. Yes, fierce battle wages in the midst of the past, where some of Swift's bravest adventurers and, and me, I'm a bit cowardly apparently, are pitching a desperate battle against a and pumpkin creature. Yes, a pumpkin creature. Now back to Hawklaw Fully heal. Fully and automatically heal. So... There's probably not really any reason to actually rest in place when fu- when fighting that pumpkin, because you be you could you could rush back to Hawkclaw and walk to rush to Claw and then back in less in less time than it'll take to do one 25 point heal or was it fifty? All right, but. That that's enough of that for now. Now I'm going to attempt now I'm gonna do what I came here to do, and attempt to acquire one of Wormwit's pumpkins. You've taken only a few steps in the direction of the pumpkin field, when a loud voice wings out from your left. You're just gonna help yourself, are you? You turn and see a large, broad shouldered man approaching you. The man's white hair, which is quite unkempt, gives away his advanced age, though judging by the thickness of his calf, thickness of his arms, and the girth of his chest, you still possess you summarise he still possesses much of the strength he enjoyed in his younger days. You Realise at once the elderly but imposing figure is that of farmer Wormwit, Who's pat who's I thought he was cowering behind adventures for a big pumpkin, but you know Time is wishy-washy. But maybe you get you get that in pretty much all games, where you can... Where apparently you can have... This guy is about to destroy the city, but you can spend 50 hours doing side quests. And he just... And um, this big, giant cadu just stands there until you're ready to fight it. Unless there's explicitly a time limit. The village of Hawklaw is full of of colourful tales surrounding me. You have anything to say for yourself, or shall I run you off this parcel? He grumbles, rolling back his sleeves, as if preparing to have a go at you. I don't give my pumpkins away, lad, and I'll not have the likes of... Suddenly, the man's eyes open wide and his face grows red. He relaxes his stance and clears his throat. My sincere apologies, sir, he says, apparently having recognised you. You don't deserve words like those that just smacked you in the ear. Please, pay them no mind. Welcome to my farm, Zoop. I've been over one these last few days, says Farwood, with everyone trekking up here to snatch a pumpkin. Didn't realise it was you, Zoop, for I certainly wouldn't have ever been short with you. Not after all you've done for us folk around these parts. Hope you can forgive an old ornery man. You dismiss, dismiss his apology as unnecessary with a smile and wave of your hand. His face brightens and he slaps you on the shoulder with a broad hand. Well then, no harm done. Let me show you the prize of this old farm. The grandest pumpkin patch ever to grace his majesty's kingdom. How about a drop of the jitters first? Jitters is root wine. He draws out a small leather flask, takes a large swallow from it. He then hands the flask to you. Fortunately, in this world, <laughs> there's n- there's no pandemic going around, so that's actually a safe thing to do, except a drink from the flask. There you are now, he lass- lass, as you take a draught of the strong spirit from the flask and hand it back to him. There's nothing quite like a swallow of the jitters in pumpkin season. Farmer Wormit takes another drink from his flask and then tucks it into his belt. We're not standing around dropping the jitters. Elas, we've got to get you a pumpkin. With that, he starts off towards the pumpkin field, and motions for you to follow along. Here it is, says Farmer Wormit, as he leads you up to the edge of the pumpkin field. The largest and finest patch in all the kingdom. Well, I've been mistaken for quite some time. Surely it's a thing of beauty, don't you think, Zoop? Farmer Wormit tells you to pick any pumpkin you want for the patch. As you set off into the field, I wonder what actual use you might have for a pumpkin. He lights a pipe and leans up against the fence. Take all the time you like, he calls after you. There's real beauties in that patch. Best patch in the last ten years. And now I gotta pick a number. It's from one to a hundred no modifiers. I'm not sure if it actually does anything at all. Pick now. fifty nine. After wandering through the endless rows of pumpkins for nearly a quarter hour, all while under the watchful eye of the piping farm of Wormit, to select a large almost perfectly round specimen out of the endless sea of orange at your feet. I now have a grinning jack-o'-lantern. Wait a minute, where did it get carved? This is a large pumpkin you took from Farmer Wormit's pack, famed pumpkin patch. some point when you weren't looking, it transformed itself into a grin- grinning j- jack-o'-lantern, and its grin is anything but jolly. Fine, fine choice, explains Farmer Vermit, walking up from behind and slapping you on the back with nearly enough force to drive the wind from your lungs. Hold on to that now. They say a pumpkin's good luck in the season of winter. Much as you had expected, escaping from Wormit's farm proves no easy task. Farmer Vermit, meaning no harm, engages you in a long, meandering conversation that lasts most of the afternoon. He asks you indeed about nearly every one of your recent adventures. Oh my, that's going to take a while. You've been doing lots of adventures recently. A long last with the bright orange prize in your hand. You wish Farmer Wormit well with the the rest of his pumpkins and cheerfully and thankfully bidding farewell before setting out on your way back to Hawkelaw. Alright, now back to Hawklaw. Okay now now let's just see now the thing about that pumpkin is now getting it just happens to unlock another quest but way way back in the 2007 uh, from the 30th when it was first released as a halloween as a halloween thing you could use it to get a special prize of twenty-four adventure tokens, and also some experience and gold. But the adventure tokens are the wheel reward. Now, but the vent, but that was turned off because it was a seasonal event, and those things always turn off eventually. Well, usually, I mean, a few of the seasonal events have become permanent like that hexahedron of per- perpetuity, that was an adventure appreciation month event and that has remained in unchanged. and that's very nice. And the, and that time that time in Hawklaw where we rescued everyone from, from the winter snows. and we also hope we also hoped to find all those packages. That was a Christmas adventure. Previously, it was slightly more rewarding, giving 8 extra AT, and... and Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, and a bit more, bit more of skills and powers experience. But now, they just slightly downgrade it because it was too big an adventure just to lose. So that, that's usually... So usually there's three things that can happen with seasonal adventures. They're either gone... Or, they stay, but with reduced rewards. And in some cases, usually when they're not quite as explicit with the seasonal content. You know, when it could be something that could theoretically, you could play outside of a particular season and and it won't look silly. It just stays as it is. Of course, since you don't quite know which one of those it will be, when the seasonal content is played, you are strongly encouraged to play through all of them within a few weeks, within a few weeks until they are retired or edited. And if, and if you have multiple characters, and you probably will at some point, because if you have roll a new character. You can play them through all again. Then you can... Then you can get all the bonuses for all the characters. You might even just roll a new character. And just get the seasonal stuff. Get the seasonal bonuses with it. So that, so that then when you get round to... Play, going through the whole game with it. You have a super powerful character. Okay, so... I'm just going to wander around the kingdom. While travelling near Twythick. you suddenly spot something high in the sky. Straining your eyes, you attempt to make out the small, dark shape that circles far above. You watch the tiny grey speck as it holds its pattern for quite some time, till at last it turns to the east and soars out of sight, swiftly becoming lost in a drifting sea of high clouds. Okay, it's went east. I guess I'll go to central, Tosa. You suddenly spot something high in the sky. Straining your eyes, you attempt to make out the small dark shape of the circle's far above. You watch the tiny grey speck as it holds the pattern, pattern for quite some time, till at last it turns to the south and soars out of sight, swiftly becoming lost in a drifting sea of high clouds. But what happens if I go north? Seems like nothing happens. What if I go east? No. Okay, I'm going to go south. It's a southern toaster. You suddenly spot something high in the sky. Strain but- your eyes. You attempt to make out the small dark shape that the circles far above. You watch the tiny grey speck as it holds its pattern for quite some time. To at last it turns to the east. And soars off out of sight, swiftly becoming lost in the drifting sea of high clouds. Now east of Southern Telsia is Southeast tosa You suddenly spot something high in the sky, Straining your eyes. You attempt to make out the small, dark shape, the circles far ag- above. You watch the tiny grey speck, as it holds its pattern for quite some time, till at last it begins to loom larger against the pale blue sky. Whatever it is, is now rapidly descending. With a mix of fascination and trepidation, you watch as the grey shape continues to grow as it loses attitude. The moment you realise what it is to hold your grace, you let out a startled gasp. Dropping through the sky directly above your head is a massive broad winged dragon. Yay Dragons Dragons are cool is generally something. I think most people can agree with. Alright, now next page. The dragon continues its rapid as ascent to its only 100 feet above your head. Then, with the airborne agility, the ma- the massive creature gracefully pulls out of its dive and turns broadside to the ground. Your heart nearly skips a beat. The precise moment the beast's true horrifying nature is revealed. The enormous golden-horned head of the mighty greyscale dragon is the only portion of the beast that yet bears flesh. The rest of the dragon's body is nothing but bone! As the skeletal dragon soars off, you catch sight of a small, black-caped silver rider seated upon its rigid spine. Oh, that guy is so cool! He's so cool. I'm so jealous because he's so cool. He's got a cape, got silver hair, got a dragon. Uh, I mean, wait. I mean, I mean yeah, in some other games, he could be the hero. Just you know, just riding around on his mostly skeletal dragon, fighting villains. Yeah. Saying Probably saying witty combats. Having fabulous hair. How cool. So cool of this guy. Both the dragon and the wider disappear from view over seas series of small hills to the least. Though so you can't be certain. You believe they might have landed somewhere in that direction. Okay. So where are some hills? Hmm. Well the only hills mentioned here... Are Crow Hill, in southeast Tosa. so Yes, I'm uh, if not. If nothing else, I'll be able to climb to the top of this hill and have a look. To Crow Hill, visiting Crow Hill. The climb to the top of Crow Hill proves lengthier and more treacherous than you thought it would. Loose ground, jagged rocks, and steep terrain make for an arduous and altogether dangerous ascent. Long lest, however, you. Last, however, you scramble over a broad, flat face of stone, and find yourself standing at the summit. From up here, you can see far and wide across the vast bleakness of the moor, that stretches out to the horizon in all directions. To the north and east, you can just make out the silhouette of the city of Trinidador, which stands in stark contrast to the dull, grey landscape that surrounds it. A large hollow at the base of the hill's jagged peak forms a wide alcove that provides not only shelter, also, but a place to remain out of sight from nearly every direction. You step around the, you step around the edge of the alcove and peer and peer into it. You are immediately taken taken aback by a surprising and unsettling sight. Your, your sight eyes behold within, standing at the back of the alcove. Its broad, fleshless wings now folded against its wedge-winged spine. Okay, how do you fly with fleshless wings? How? How do you fly? Cause bones, bones are thin. Wings have to be big. I'm just gonna say, uh. Is there like is there like lots of is it like bones going off the the main the main part of the wings like there's just like little, little rib like bones just fanning out from from the wings so you have the surface area maybe I mean you can't find out for sure because skeletal dragons. Um, Aren't, some, aren't something you can just find. Standing at the back of the alcove, its broad, fleshless wings now folded against its rigid spine, the skeletal dragon you spotted more than once in the skies above Tosa. The dragon's head still bears fresh and scale, and from its temples protrude two long golden horns. The terrifying creature grumbles and strings its head in your direction. That will do, cross speaks a tall man who steps around the dragon and stands with his arms folded as he fixes his cold gaze upon you. A black cape is draped across his back, over which spills long, straight silver hair. You immediately recognise him as the wider you saw perched on the dragon's back when the great beast was in flight. I sense no evil purpose about you," he says. "Who might, might I, who might I ask, are you? And what purpose does the top of this hill serve for you?" The dragon snorts angrily, and, and this time the silver-haired man makes no comment about it. You decide the best course of action would be to introduce yourself, and I'll do so. You cautiously introduce yourself to the to the black-caped man. The he bows and in, in return and tells you that his name is Mulamir and that he and his companion, the great dragon Icos, have travelled here from afar seeking two murderers they believe are hiding out in a nearby cave. Curiosity piqued, you tell, ask Mulamir to tell you more about his search for the murderers, and a faint smile crosses his lips as he replies. Half for adventure have you? he says. His harsh gaze sought for softening somewhat. It will perhaps suit me to have a fellow like yourself and in the matter, though I caution you there is great peril involved. You tell me, Mimir that you wish to know more about the matter, and he again smiles. And there and so then you shall, he said, know through soup, that they that they are brothers, though they can hardly be called men. For they are of the blood of wolves. (sighs) The massive skeletal dragon, Ikros, as Munir identified him, grumbles and thrusts his head past his companion's shoulder as he leers at you. Then, in a tongue that is utterly foreign to you, he snarls something that makes Munir fat. No, you may not eat him, scowls Munir. Zook may be the only hope we have of running down and bringing the brothers to justice. Remain silent if you can think of nothing but your stomach. Momia apologized at we crosses my mark. For the only flesh that remains on him is that of his head. He is forever, ma- forever ravenous. When he was amongst the living dragons, he was indeed a terror. A swallow of towns and a wazer and a and a wazer of wars. I was with the man who slew him, and it was I who raised him from the dead. His allegiance is to me, and my very word is his command. Need not fear him, unless of course, you are given reason to. You learn that the two brothers he seeks, Suez and Muinkeir, are, are wanted for countless murders they committed in the kingdom of Philidon which borders on Tysus to the west. They are men who become wolves at will, he says, his words, sending a chill for you, yet they are not wolfkin. If only they were. Few are those who would willingly stalk this pair, but mine is a mission of the highest order. It was given to me by the queen herself. She wishes the heads of these wretched creatures returned to her. So that them, so it may be proven to all, they no longer prowl in the night. Numalia tells you that he and Icarus have tracked the brothers for nearly a year, and the trail ultimately led them here. Ultimately led them here to the desolate moor that surrounds the city of Trumador in southeast Tysa. You learn that the cave he believes they are hiding in is only a short trek from the very hill upon which the three of you now stand. We had have, we have them called in the eastern town. Tal- Flyden, he says, but a dozen of Her Majesty's knights now lie in the grave to show for it. They fled like hunted beasts over the mountains and into this kingdom. Ikros and I have never once lost their trail through it round through the worst of the worlds. Our task will only be with, be done when at my feet their two heads lie. we returns, and glances at the great undread dragon, and turns back to you. I'm a sorcerer of some considerable power, he says, leaning back against the fleshless leg of Ikros. Yeah, yeah, I I believe that, considering you raised a dragon. But I'm not an adventurous seeker, not as I perceive you to be, Zoop. If you were to help me, I would quite possibly... I could probably quite justly, reward you. The silver-haired mage, those age you place at no more than 40 years, brings forth a cloth pouch and empties its contents into his hand. Your eyes are immediately drawn to the small pile of adventurer tokens heaped in his palm. There are 16 of these trinkets in my hand, he says. All of them are yours, in exchange for the heads of Sirius Kerr and Mirinkir. What do you say to that? When you tell me, Mir, you will gladly accept the task of bringing you to justice. A pair, a pair of murderous wolf-men, he nods. Iroclos snarls something to his master, and dear, translates it for you. The great Ikros wishes you to know you're sorry for having asked to eat you, he says. If so it pains him to deliver the Agan's message, I assure you, Zouk, his apology is genuine. He has little control over the hunger that plagues him. It is to be his eternal affliction, I suppose. Mubia told you the cave in which he believes the two fugitives are hiding is less than a mile east of the hill, the edge of a tangled bog. Explained how to get to it, having viewed from it from the air only a short while ago. You take note of the Pacific landmarks he mentions. Best of you is to go at once, while daylight remains, he cautions you. When the sun set, darkness becomes a cover beneath beneath which their wicked deeds are exacted. They are vicious and cunning predators, soup. Letting your guard down for even a moment is to invite atrocity and death. You learn that the brothers Sirius Kerr and Mewing Kerr are most commonly encountered in their human form. Only when they are threatened and feel the need to defend themselves, or when they are on the hunt, do they transform into the nightmarish wolf-creatures of murderous infamy. Willow wishes you luck, and tells you to return here at once, should you have something to report. When I next lay eyes upon you, I pray that you will be depositing their heads at my feet. He says coldly. Well, 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 what, what now is this? Says Muir suddenly, his eyes fixed on the grinning jack-o'-lantern tucked amongst your possessions. Okay, how did he even see it? He moves up, eh, wizard. He moves up and closely studies the evil-looking carved function. Think I might be able to put this to, to use for you, yes. it would work quite well. Yes, Mura what he means. He tells you that he has already worked his magic on the pumpkin. I'm able to store certain forms of my magic in organic vessels. The pumpkin shell you are holding is well suited to the task. I've imbued it with one of my more potent magical attacks. It is set to assail Muir and Kur. He's the more powerful of the wicked pair. More puzzled but, but uh, than ever with regard to Muir and the strange magic he must wield. You thank him, hoping the magic will work. As he says it does, and make certain the pumpkin is safely pa- is packed safely in amongst your things. You stand atop the tall, jagged, rocky peak known as Crow Hill. To the north and west, you can make out the silhouette of the city of Trimidor which stands in sharp contrast to the vast and bleak moorland that surrounds it. Not far away, in the shelter of a broad alcove of rock that bakes up the hill summit, stands the silver-haired mage Mumir. Next to him, his bright eyes following your every move, lies his massive companion, the mighty undead dragon, Ikos. Okay, time to visit the bog cave. And track down the Wolf Brothers Mewin Kir and Seris Kir. Following the directions related to by Mumunir, specifically using the various landmarks he mentioned, you're able to quickly navigate your way across the moor to the cave at the edge of the bog. From a safe distance, you study the mouth of the cave, seeking any sign that the two fugitive brothers are holed up inside to several minutes with the sun beginning to drop from its lofty perch in the bright blue sky and having no desire to be caught and held here after dark decide you'll make your way into the likely lair through every sense alert for the first sign of danger you approach the cave mouth then taking one last look around and holding your trusty light source you step boldly into the cave's Dark interior. The cave is far more treacherous than you could have imagined. Small, winding passages split and branch at random, opening into large stone chambers and broad corridors that descend swiftly and deeply into the earth. Mineral deposits glint and flare in the face of your invading light, and the sound of dripping water echoes in every direction, making it difficult to keep your bearing. You struggle onwards through the cave, eager to discover if indeed the two wolf brothers are still hiding in its perilous depths, or if they have abandoned its dangerous lair. Continue to search the cave. Determined to complete your mission, you continue to search the cave. Pick a number. Bonus of 50. 20 for woodmanship. 10 from luck, 10 from mind, and 10 from agility. 118. eighteen. Suddenly, you come across signs of recent activity in this part of the cave. The decomposing remains of several small animals litter the floor. You can clearly make out what appears to be the imprint of a boot in this pa- in the patch of muck. A closer examination of the footprint reveals something that makes your blood run cold. While the sides and back of the print are indeed that of a boot, the turk. The tail of the boot toe of the boot is clearly missing, and in its place, extending from the tip are the impressions of five large clawed toes. Confident that you are on the track, track of the fugitive brothers, you quickly resume your trek through the cave. The cave is far more treacherous than you. Can. The evidence you discover seems to suggest the two brothers you seek are likely to be hiding, still likely to be hiding somewhere in this cave. Continue to search. And... Next page please. So same check again. Determined to complete your mission, you continue to search the cave. Suddenly. Okay, it's another one of those boot prints. Search again. Suddenly it's another one of those boot prints. The evidence you've discovered thus far leads you to believe you will soon find the two fugitive brothers in this very grave. Continue to search. Take the check, suddenly, find a bootprint. Continue to search. Here's the check. Suddenly, find a bootprint. You are now closing in on the t- You are almost certain you are now closing in on the two fugitive brothers. Continue to search. 74. Suddenly. The sound of movement in the darkness ahead instantly freezes you in your tracks. You instinctively assume a defensive stance as the source of the unceasing noise emerges from the pool of light cast out before you. A small, four-legged, grey and black insect with wildly waving antennas and long exposed fangs, scuttles out of the gloom and attacks. It's a fanged cave crawler. It hit whistles loudly as it attacks you and is slain. 2 XP, you spend a few moments recovering from the brutal encounter, before once again setting off with the cave. Almost well, certain, you're now closing in on the two fugitive brothers. Continue to search. Same check again. Suddenly. It's another one of those, those boot prints with the toes torn through the toes. You're more certain, and continues to search. Suddenly. Well, that boot prints again. Continue. Your pulse quickens with every step you take. As you are now more certain than ever, you are swiftly closing in on the two fugitives. You pray you are not walking into an ambush. Keep searching. Same trick again. Suddenly, I find I find the toe. Bootprint, toes is missing. Claw stick out instead. Alright, continue to search. Suddenly. That boot again. Your pulse quickens with every step you take. You're now more certain than ever. You are swiftly closing in on the two fugitives. You pray you are not walking into an ambush. Continued search. <coughs> Same check again. 52. Suddenly, the sound of movement in the darkness ahead freezes you in your tracks. As you in- instantly assume a defensive stance as the source of unceasing noise emerges into the pool of light cast out before you, a broad puddle of black slime surges into view out of the gloom ahead and draws itself up to resemble a tall wave as it begins its merciless assault upon you. It's a massive black slime. The black slime draws itself back, back and surges forward and attacks. Alright. Your, sl- your opponent's attack has encased your leg in slime. Get it off, get it off, get it off. In case of my head, definitely get it off. Get it off, get it off, get it off. case your arm, get it off, get it off, get off. In case of my head, get it off some more. Okay, it's off, it's off. Nearly done, and now it is slain. 6 XP. You spend a few moments recovering from the brutal encounter, before once again setting off through the cave. Your pulse, yep. I pray I am not walking into an ambush. Just going to do some quick healing. Because I want to be at full health when I encounter these brothers. Right, same check again. Suddenly. Suddenly. It's another boot print. You're confident you're on the track of the fugitive brothers. You quickly resume your trek through the cave. Continue to search. Suddenly, four bright yellow eyes flash out of the deep gloom at the edge of your light radius, and you instinctively freeze, drawing yourself into a defensive stance. You stand with every muscle tensed, waiting for whoever. Or whatever the eyes belong to, to step into view. The four eyes suddenly vanish, and into the light steps a pair of haggard-looking men. Their faces are caked with grime, and their long, wild manes of hair are knotted and matted down with dried blood. Tattered wags cover their emancipated frames, and their eyes, sunk and narrow amid a lurid yellow glow. The larger of the two men addresses you in a wagged, waving voice. Get out of here! He says, his eyes as his speak. It is a struggle even now not to leap upon you and tear out your throat. You know nothing of this plague we bear. You are in danger every moment you linger here. You glance at the feet of each man and note their bare toes extend the torn ends of their boots. There is no doubt you are in the presence of Sirius Kerr and Cure, the two fugitives that Muirinkir has tasked you to bring to justice. Realising that to leave would mean the failure of your mission, you quickly strike the option. Okay, I get, I can, as I've met, as I might have hinted, you can use restoration, but it has to be at level seventy or higher to work. This is one of the highest level checks in the entire game. And back when I started this game, well, many, many years ago, I pretty much grinded. For, I've been much pumped all the XP I got from quests for several days, solely into restoration. Solely! So that I could do this quest. I can also converse smaller, further with the two men, or demand they surrender to you. I don't think they will surrender. I'll converse first. You're, you're a fool to have remained! Grounds the foremost man. We are no longer human. Our blood is no longer that of man. You must go. You will surely share in this way, But don't run. Don't incite the hunt. The man seems to speak in earnest. And he sense that while they do not wish to do you harm. Or spread whatever foul affection has cursed them. They are largely unable to control their actions. Every action indication suggests that it's taking all the restraint their command to keep from lunging at you. Okay, I'm not gonna am not gonna push my luck anymore by demanding they surrender to me, because I don't think they can hold they can hold themselves back any longer. So I can attack them at once. If I do that, yet Marine- that pumpkin at Mirumu and Candid will blow up one of them. Yeah, that's right, and enti- it kills one of them straight off. Doesn't weaken, doesn't doesn't knock off half their PSP, doesn't prevent some sort of special attack, kills them straight off, and then you fight one of them. Or you do what I really want to do and use restoration, because this is the happy ending. Call upon your power of restoration. Succeeded! Because if that, if that hadn't succeeded, I would have quit without saving and done the entire thing again. Although I might have shown you what happens if you have to fight. Your body trembles as the healing power of your magical discipline of restoration is projected onto the two brothers. Both men stagger. Stagger as a powerful wave of never energy washes over them. After just a few moments, they gasp and cry out in agony before dropping to their knees and collapsing face-first to the cave floor. Worried that your attempt to heal them has caused them harm, you wash over to them, desperately seeking any sign of life from the two brothers. You're elated when in unison both of the men suddenly sit up, the lurid yellow glow that vanished from their eyes. Has vanished from their eyes, for the brothers still seem somewhat gazed. Over at last Over croaks one of them, his weak voice tinged with amazement. In a few minutes the men have recovered enough to regain their feet, and when you and when they do both, both of them step forward in turn and meet you with shoulder-crosses, tears one down the eyes of the larger of two men, while the other, who introduces himself as Sirius Crow, thanks you repeatedly on behalf of himself and his brother. Ten long years has this curse won through our blood, he tells you. There is no end to the misery of walked while under its spell, and no end to the nightmares that forever plagued us. You have cured the disease, my friend, what is done cannot be undone. You might only hope to be able to set the white, that which we are able, as best you can. As best we can. You learned that the two brothers, once promising knights in the service of Queen Chevlon of Pelerodon, were on the hunt for a beast terrorising the towns and villages in the eastern half of the kingdom when the fateful encounter occurred. A wolf creature, as black as shadow, and as large as a troll, says Mirrencur, his voice trembling as he recalls the encounter. It came upon us, upon us in the ruins of a the, of the village it had raised, and though we had ten men at our back, we were no might match for its might, all its fury. When all went black, we assumed we had been slain, and the, no, and the noble flight was at last over. When women's sight returned, we found we had yet lived. But oh, how we have since prayed for death. The brothers tell you that the affliction prevented them from hiring themselves, but that it drove them to savage ends, with the curse of a ravishing appetite that was only sated by the devouring of human flesh. You introduce yourself to the brothers and tell them about Mumia and how he had been commissioned by Queen Chevron to bring him, them to justice. We will do what we must, what we can, what time and with what direction the All Father sees fit to provide us. You may take us to this memoir, and we are to be made to answer for what this curse drove us to, and so it must be. With that, the three of you make your way out of the treacherous cave, and across the moor towards Crow Hill. Mimir seems shocked and angry when you turn to the summit of Crow Hill with the two brothers, Sirius and Mimir, walking freely behind you. When you explain to him what transpired in the cave and relate to him the brother's story, Simena suffers softens and apologises for his initial reaction. The silver-haired sorceress tells you he was not aware of their history and he wonders why the Queen, if indeed she knows of it, will conceal it from him. Honestly? Probably because... He would hesitate. And you do not. When you're facing monsters like this. You don't want to hesitate. Because that could very well lead to there being. Three wolf creatures. And I don't know whether this wolf creature would maintain. Would maintain the incredible magic of Muin. Muin Muin But if it does. That would. That would be. That would be the worst. Then we shall return to Fret- Island and see what fate justice bequeaths to you. Ikrus, allow these men to settle on your back. We will leave at once. The silver-haired maid turns to you and thanks you for appending the brothers. I've no doubt their soil will met with pity, perhaps even forgiveness, he says, keeping his voice low. Though I cannot promise a joyous end to this affair, Zoop. Long is their list of crimes, along with the are the memories of those those dear ones perished, in ways both savage and unnatural. Their hands, may the Queen, and the Allfather, Father, look, look upon them with mercy. I, also, I get one thousand and twenty-four experience, the general, as promised. Muir hands. Hands you a pouch containing the adventure tokens, and he again thanks you for your help. Sixteen Adventure Tokens Woohoo I've got nine I've got ninety-nine of them now. I have a feeling our paths may may again cross some day, he says as he climbs up and settles himself into a deep nook on his jagged spine. Watch the sky, soup. And may you have health and happiness. You bid Murea and Icarus farewell. And soon after the mighty undreg dead dragon. Dragon lifts from the summit of Crow Hill. And climbs high into the sky. To is no more than a grey speck against the vast blue canvas. You watch as the dragon circles once. Then turns west and soars out of sight. Without delay you cautiously make your way down Crow Hill. And prepare to set out for Twinnedmore. And there we are. That adventure is done. And I'll just save once more because I got the I got the outcome I wanted. So no reason not to save. And that's that's it for now. I think next time, well, it will be the la- I think it will be the last day of the crumbling tower. So, I'll finally be able to finish that one off. Um, Maybe there's still that, there's some little small matter about the orb to do in Hawthorne. But Crumbling Tower will be first. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.